Welcome to Radar. This program can be heard at thevinyldistrict.com or anywhere fine podcasts are found. Here is your host, Evan Toth. Change isn't easy for anyone. It's a risk. When something works, even if it doesn't work perfectly, the simplest approach is to stay the course, to avoid rocking the boat. However, for an artist, change is often necessary, but again, doing so can be a frightening prospect for both the artist and for their audience. Marlon Robinreiter has fronted the group Gold Star for over a decade now. While his previous approach was somewhat more folk and acoustic guitar oriented, the pandemic nudged Marlon to try something new. Distorted vocals, aggressive guitars, spacey synths, and propulsive drumming. Produced mostly on computers with his bandmates, Robin Reiter created two EPs, which are now available as a full-length album, Headlights USA Parts 1 and 2. As an artist, Robin Reiter knows that in order to grow and create, one must evolve. We also discuss his creation of the album's cover art, producing the album during the thick of the pandemic, the retro influences on his modern sound, and where his life's headlights We'll lead him next. Um, well, let's start with, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and this project? Um, of course, it is called Gold Star, and this is the new record. And tell us a little bit about your journey, which, uh, you know, uh, you know what, what, what led you to where we are today? Um, yeah, so my name is Marlon. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles and uh, actually been doing this for probably almost 10 years as like Gold Star. And uh, I guess we really started, I was in a band back in the day, like kind of a garage rock band. And um Lucinda Williams came out to one of the shows and she was like, hey, uh, we're looking for like an acoustic opener and uh, for like a day. And it was like in San, uh, San Diego or something, Santa Barbara, something like that. And uh, so then all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, I have to start a new project, right? Like a solo project for this opportunity. <laughs> that's like a dream. That's like I a know. dream thing, right? Like I was just doing a gig and then all of a sudden Lucinda Williams came up and no, it's, it's like ridiculous. But uh, I mean, I guess that's, that's Hollywood for you in a way, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was, that was like the, the first gold star show and um, kind of quickly put a set together and a band name and whatnot. And uh, just kind of been doing it uh, for uh, basically 10 years now. Cool. And the name, as you mentioned, the name is a gold star, which uh, I've read doing my homework about you is a little bit based on the uh, the gold star recording studio in Los Angeles that was notably connected with the Beach Boys and Phil Spector and stuff. And the new album's called Headlights USA one and two. And uh, I have to tell you, I didn't even realize uh, I've had this record sitting around for a month or so. And I didn't realize until like yesterday, the skull <laughs> I didn't see it. You know those weird uh, things that you well you're a little younger than me, but there used to be those weird pictures in the mall and you'd have to pick pick out the picture within the picture. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know? like it, I, yes, I know what you're talking you about. Can Google it. Uh, all things '90s, but this is, <laughs> I never saw those things, and I didn't see this either until I saw it like online. And I went, "Wait a minute, does mine have a skull on it too?" And <laughs> it is. So, um, so tell us about this album cover. What? Who did this? It's very cool. Uh, actually, uh, I, d I did it myself, but um, oh. I, I, I tend to like have done most of the artwork like for for the albums and stuff. Not necessarily because like I really want to, but often it's just a lot easier budget wise. Right. Sure. Uh, but uh, also, I, I, d I did go to art school, and uh, so like I, I'm pretty proficient with all that kind of stuff. So how did you actually do this? This was what was this? It was something that you did. Uh, was it uh, digital or was it physical? Yeah. And you scanned it. Or what was it? In 
got basically uh and uh the what how the effect works is it's two different size stars there's really only two different sizes and so for the and because they're slightly different the the gap in between the the stars reads as like negative space right so if you oh. want it to be white you use the bigger stars if you want it to be black you use a grouping of the smaller stars i see so did you did you didn't do it by hand did you do it by hand no, in Photoshop, but basically kind of, you make, make like a grid and then you drop one in each one. So there's like probably whatever, I don't know, 1,500 stars on there, whatever it is. Then you just pop them in and, and you can copy and paste like groups of them, right? Okay. But no, yeah, you kind of, cool. uh, but it took a long time to figure out, like it was, it was definitely nerve wracking, but I'm glad, I'm glad you see it. <laughs> finally see it i finally see it so back to the um you know back to the band name that you said it's been around about a decade um as i said the recording studio people who love music and love uh, american rock and roll have probably heard about uh gold star recording studios but do you want to uh, give us a little info about how you sort of ended up picking picking that name for your uh, your band and and how that relates to uh to the studio uh, well, yeah, so like, I guess I, the studio has been gone for my entire lifetime, basically, but it was a very legendary recording studio. But uh, for it's me, it's a thought, strip mall, I, I believe. It's a strip mall right now. Yeah, so it, it's right where like my mom lives. That's where I grew up, basically, is East Hollywood. It's like a block away. And it's just a horrible strip mall now, right? But like, you hear these stories, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. And uh, so it's not like, you know, it's, it's definitely an, um, an homage to the studio, but it's not like a direct. Thing either it's kind of like a it's also kind of, to me the name is kind of reminiscent of like big star and, right uh, gold star also just means like loads of different things like there's a bsa like a motorcycle there's a um i think like the 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 number one beer in israel is called gold star there's like there's like loads of things right it's right. kind of a, a well-known a term i guess Dang, right and uh, phil specter loved that uh, recording studio and your your album really has a wall of sound kind of feel to it how did you approach the uh, the production of this piece you know what were you you know the interesting thing here is in a lot of your press i keep seeing you referred to as a folk artist and then i'm listening to this album and it's like a rock and roll record to me and i'm going what what's the what are they what is the folky thing but <laughs> on more than one occasion while i'm listening it occurs to me that i can you can really hear that song structure as a vocal acoustic behind the the band that that you put forth and you know you, as i said you do have that synthy wall of sound happening but you can really pick out that oh i can see how he wrote this it sounds like a a, a guitar vocal in the background there somewhere or if i if i extracted all this other stuff so how did you kind of uh, formulate the sound for this project uh given how you write or maybe how previous projects have gone for you so yeah, the I mean, the, I think the it's funny that you say that, but if like it is, if you listen to the older records, it was it's very much like acoustic guitar, harmonica, that whole kind of thing, like the folky kind of um, I don't know production and whatnot. And this record definitely wanted to break away from that and uh, incorporate a lot of like synths and drum machines, loops and samples, all kinds of stuff that like I'd, I'd never really messed with before to try to make like kind of a a rock and roll record really and. Um, but I think you're also right in like kind of identifying that the core of it is still very much like kind of more traditional uh, folk, classic rock kind of stuff, you know? 
Right. In a way, and not to compare you, but uh, in a way, it reminds me of uh, Beck. You know how he used to have those early folk albums and then he started, sort of started to put it together with loops and different things. And it sort of became something uh, much different. What are what are some influences that you have that you, you know, that you really love that have been very influential to you and your music over your uh, lifetime? Uh, you know, there's there's so many. Like, I think if you're talking like big picture, not just for this record, then it's it's definitely like you know Leonard Cohen and and uh, you know Dylan stuff like that, right? Towns Van Zant definitely. Um, big guns. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like that. That's kind of what I gravitate towards, I guess. But you know, I I, I really dig so like just so much music. And so right now, there's just so much great music out there as well. You know. Yeah, there is. You just have to you have to find it. But I I always tell people, hey, you know, uh, for the oh, there's no good music nowadays. I say that's not true. You have yeah, to get out there to and start looking for it to find it. I think it's it's funny, but there really is an amazing amount of music out there. And it's just there's almost so much content that it's 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 harder to find like the the really good stuff. But it's definitely there. Right. So take us through the production of this album. Uh, was it you or, or how did you sort of think about how you wanted this thing to sound and how did you put it together in the studio? So this was definitely like uh, a, a self-produced kind of project. This was done not so much in a studio, but very much just like on a laptop in like a room like you wow. know this one. That one. Uh, and so it was me and my buddy Jordan who uh, played guitar and bass on a lot of the record. And uh, we kind of just did it together just like in living rooms and bedrooms. And then we, with the drum machines and the synths and like kind of the the core of it, and then took it to studios to do like the, the drums and whatnot. But yeah, this was like very much like self, um, self-created, whereas in the past I've kind of worked more with producers in bigger studios and you know what I mean? Like done it with a bunch of people in a room playing together. This was just built up on a laptop, like in a bedroom. It's funny because it doesn't have that feel at all. It feels really, like I said, it has that wall of sound. It's a big old, I mean, I know you can use plugins for your reverb and everything nowadays, but uh, you certainly, um, you certainly made that, uh, that disguise. It doesn't sound like it was that blue couch over there. Sounds right. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, but yeah, really it is. It's like a lot of like, <laughs> not a lot, not a lot of amps, a lot of direct input, like a lot of, a lot of, um, emulators and and just in the box stuff you know but it's, it's it is pretty amazing what the what kind of technology can do these days honestly yeah definitely um you know part of the sound on this record is nostalgic but really it feels super modern you know i think you you hit a uh, an interesting mark on the sound of this thing it's it, it's it has you know traditional stuff going on but at the same time it's also like whoa this is i i I feel like it's that rare moment where it's something that I hadn't quite heard before. You know, you have a you have a really unique sound. You're you're paying homage to uh, the traditional form of songwriting, but at the same time, the production really gets you like pays gets you paying attention to that something new is happening here. I mean that that means a lot uh, to me for you to say that. That was uh, definitely a really big goal for this project for this album in particular was to kind of bridge this, how do you, how do you make kind of traditional music, especially folk music, that kind of stuff? Like my background, like how do you make that relevant today? Right. And, um, and so this was kind of trying to make something that, that is, instead of looking so back in time is also kind of looking forward a bit and, and kind of 
meeting these these two uh these two pieces kind of meeting i guess my my copy here is on uh vinyl i've got a nice black vinyl copy thanks for the uh thanks for the uh nice plastic insert there. that was very thoughtful <laughs> that's cool i don't know why everybody doesn't do this uh they have the you know you you put the uh the semicircle uh uh poly not polyethylene or whatever it is but it goes into the uh paper sleeve and that's it for us for us wacky record collectors it's super appreciated because then i don't have to use a special uh, aftermarket sleeve or anything and that was just oh. so thank you <laughs> are you a vinyl guy are you into records or do you care yeah, or, uh... definitely uh i i've been very resistant to get on the spotify thing but at uh, at this point i could not uh i couldn't yeah fight it any longer <laughs> but but yeah still still definitely uh prefer to listen to vinyl yeah and the record sounds really good it's a really nice pressing were you happy with uh what you heard when you listen Absolutely, to it yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that uh, hearing you say that because i don't i'm not enough of a i don't have enough of like a, a hi-fi setup to really you know like is this is this a good pressing you know they sent the master i'm like well there's no problems like it sounds good uh but i don't know if it you know it's it's you you really need to i think a pretty good system to to determine those things no it works and you've got you know for folks that haven't heard the record and you should uh look it up uh it's you've you got a lot of crunchy uh, digital crunch on your vocals of course but that's the style of the, that you were going through in the production and it works it works to listen to but it translates sometimes that hard digital sound doesn't always translate to the analog record but it it, it works for me I, I listen to both the digital and the analog and they they both sound great and the, the record i think softens some of those digital uh, edges so it I, this is one to listen to on vinyl i think right on yeah that, that, that makes me happy to hear Sounds great. And so tell us about Headlights USA is, of course, the name of a song on here, but the name of the album is Headlights USA Parts Part 1 and 2. Okay. We're talking side one, side two. It reminds me of those old James Brown 45s. It was like Hot Pants 1 and Hot Pants 2. And you'd have to... Um, so originally, the, the first five songs, like on side A, they were released as an EP. And uh, there was always this kind of like idea that there would be another EP, but uh, this uh, label reached out and they were like, "Hey, we love we love headlights. Can we put it out in vinyl?" I was like, "Yeah, but there's only five songs, right? Do uh, you want to? I have five other ones that were from there around that same time that we could finish up, right, and put them together and uh, impress them on one LP." And they were like, "Yeah, perfect. Let's get get to work." And then so so then we just like basically all we really did is just kind of add drums to the other five songs that were from those sessions and and send it in and then you know whatever six months later they had the vinyl and here you go <laughs> cool so it's sort of a, it's almost like two eps uh smushed together to make a record exactly yeah right 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 so uh so you got this great new album it just came out i believe at the end of september and um how do you what's your thing how do you get this out there now will you, you have a band that you can tour with or how does this work since you did it I, i'm asking because you did a lot on the computer so yeah translate to the stage how are you going to bring that to sort of a live world so for like for instance for our record uh release show which we had in uh, in los angeles like a couple weeks ago was it was we did it with a six-piece band just like an amazing band a lot of the same crew that like like did some of the overdubs on the record um people i've been playing with for a long time and so you got like pedal steel keys drums bass guitar two guitars i guess like just the whole the whole thing so it it uh it wasn't 
so much of a challenge to, you know, we did it without like any of the, the samples and stuff, but it really just kind of like bringing the energy of the songs. It's not too hard because it's, I think the songs are, you know, like in that same way, they're, they're kind of traditionally written, right? So it's not too hard to just pick up some guitars and figure it out. Right. So what are you, uh, you're mostly comfortable on guitar or are you playing the keys on, on the album a lot too? Or how did you sort of uh, put that together? Uh, I would say it's some of the keys, but most, mostly guitar on this record. And um, even then, this is probably like the least I've played like instrumentation guitar wise on, on a record. A lot of that uh, was, was my collaborator, Jordan Odom. And um, I think a lot of the, the synthy type stuff. Also, also him playing that. I think a lot of, I would say most of my contributions for this is just like on the songwriting end. And then um, also like all the drum kind of loops. A lot of that was just kind of started from that with an acoustic guitar. And then you're like, how do you take it from there? Right. So it's interesting. What inspired you to kind of, you know, go in this direction, this sound, uh, you know, I, and I, 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 if I'm being honest, I haven't exhaustively uh, explored your catalog, although I certainly will now, but um, you know, what, what made you kind of want to get into the loops and the synths and stuff rather than just, um, you know, stay acoustic or, or go the more, more traditional route. Well, what, what was sort of the trigger for you to do that? I honestly, it might just be like, uh, being just being pigeonholed and like having something expe- expected of you, I think is frustrating. I think it's something that just happens. I think it probably frustrates a lot of artists, but it, it's just it's just such a and it, and it makes sense too because these descriptors are used to explain somebody's music, right? But it right. sometimes really hurts to to hear it's like oh you're Americana or whatever, and uh, for whatever reason it's it that just felt like so out of touch with what was happening like and especially like in 2020 or whatever it's just like this like i don't know this like apocalyptic kind of zone right and it just seemed like to do just folk music or whatever americana just seemed like outrageously like dated to me and i was like just do something totally different and just try to push on that well, it's really cool. And, you know, back to the synths and the sounds that you created on the album. Again, the the thoughtfulness and the craft that was put into the synth lines and that coupled with the, you know, the you just you just built a really great world on this album and it, it really works together, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes I'm listening to it and I'm going, oh, that's kind of like a 70s thing. But there, then there's also this sort of 80s uh, angular synth thing that's working with that. It's really, really cool, Mark. And I really like this record. Right on. Thank you, brother. That, that, mean, that means that means a lot to me. You got it. It's not a question. I'm just saying that. <laughs> so uh, so what's next? You're going to play this stuff and, you know, you're uh, you're a creative artistic guy. So you must have some thoughts about what's coming up next, uh, even though you just released this this music. But what's where are we going uh, from here? Uh, well, yeah. So the interesting thing with like uh, the kind of supply chain issues especially with like the vinyl plants like that taking so long to even make vinyl like uh there so there's a, a record in the in the bag basically that was done while we were waiting for this kind of for headlights to come out or like to for we had the release you know the physical um and so in a way i feel like it's already there's already like new you know new stuff that we're figuring out right now um but yeah so i don't keep you know keep uh keep your ears open you know we'll have we'll have more music coming out soon 
so what was the time frame in which most of this stuff was recorded uh during or during the pandemic was it sort of a pandemic thing with with the yes. you know, doing it at home the first ep was definitely and then the second one was kind of more of a like a, a mixture like that was like i would say was finished much more recently um and but like kind of was started in that same like during the pandemic like lockdowns right so it feels to me like it you know probably influenced the sound or where you were going did you feel that the the world around you was strongly influencing what you were coming up with there on your on your blue couch i keep mentioning your blue couch <laughs> uh yeah, yeah no like uh i mean i i remember vividly we so we were doing drums at a studio in in downtown los angeles um and it's like in the jewelry district and uh this is when the la had like a curfew from whatever whatever the hours were so we finished our session. We're like, oh, we literally can't leave. So we go to the roof and we look down. There's just National Guard just everywhere. And we're like, oh, cool. I don't know what to do. Maybe we should, let's work on another song. <laughs> and we'll- <laughs> let's get let's order Chinese. What do you guys want? Chinese? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no, I think that definitely like it's uh, somehow like seeped into the record, I imagine, just because it just seemed like a really crazy time. Yeah, it definitely has that feel, it, it and it, and it works again. I think you really uh, you hit a lot of marks here on this thing, and um, it's really a really cool project. Again, well, Marlon, listen, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I uh, congratulate you on this release, and I wish you the best of luck with it. I hope you stay in touch, and I and I look forward to hearing uh, what you got cooking next. If folks like this record, so is it? You think it's going to be something in this vein, or are you going to re-explore kind of what you you know had done, or what what do you think? We're doing more rock or something else or maybe something even different than all those things <laughs> i think uh, i tend to be like kind of like reactionary and like push against whatever the immediate release was so i think this next one is going to be to some degree uh, a much more like organic sounding that that was kind of the goal is instead of using drum machines and everything and have it kind of be like uh one like one or two people kind of like dictating this whole thing is just put a bunch of people in a room play press record and uh just do that and do it within a couple of days instead of spread out over a longer period of time as headlights was. So I think the next thing will be a little more intimate and organic feeling. Well, I, I don't want you to lose the magic that's on the blue couch. Um, <laughs> so don't, don't totally forget about the blue couch. So we won't forget the blue couch for sure. <laughs> you had something going, something going right on the blue couch. Marlon, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Much. Really, really appreciate it. Radar is produced by Evan Toth in partnership with WFDU 89.1 FM and the Vinyl District. You can hear Radar on WFDU 89.1 FM or anytime online at thevinyldistrict.com. <laughs>